Warning. Missing save form. Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And this is The Missing Save File, a video game podcast where we talk about the games we somehow missed the first time around. And today we're going to be talking about Oxenfree. And this is the first of uh, of the games that we have talked about on this podcast that I streamed live on Twitch. So yeah, it was a good game for that. We were just having a conversation about this is a greatly streamable game. It really is uh, a small plug here, twitch.tv slash it's Bernsey, um, because I will be streaming a lot of the games that we're going to be talking about on this here podcast. But yeah, a hundred percent. This was a surprisingly good streamable game, um, mostly because uh, I think, you know, story and narrative stuff is really, really interesting to kind of like draw people into. Um, the only thing that I think I would have liked more for Twitch would be if there were maybe a little bit more time to make choices, right? Yeah, that's fair. Burns, you're you're burning all this content though, and we haven't even gotten to the uh, <laughs> music yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot obviously to talk about on this one, uh, you know. So we'll we'll just get right to it. <laughs> music. Five teenage friends, one almost deserted island, a former military base, and a boatload of dead submariners all hang out for the weekend. What happens next is a mix of Stranger Things meets Poltergeist in Oxenfree, the very first game released by Night School Studios. Essentially, an interactive graphic novel meets choose-your-own-adventure book, this game puts you in the shoes of Alex, a teenage girl whose parents have recently divorced largely due to the tragedy of losing Alex's older brother in a drowning. These tragic events will fuel some of the drama in this game as the character remembers the tragedy and then later has to relive slices of her life before the tragedy occurs. To use a Doctor Who phrase, Oxenfree is sort of a wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey adventure filled with a mix of science fiction and the supernatural. But the story is engrossing enough to suck you in and take you along for the ride. Can you escape the island or are you doomed to be stuck in an ever repeating loop of time for all eternity, just like the ghosts who haunt you? Well, that's what we're going to talk about and maybe find out on this month on the missing save file. And I feel like this is, you know, we're saying this a lot, but this is definitely another game that um, I need to go back and, and play more because the ending of the first game is more of a like, like those serial movies where it's like the end question mark <laughs> and i don't know like i i i kind of wonder if on my second playthrough i'll be able to to do more because uh when i streamed this and i got to the end and, and we'll we'll circle back to this when it's appropriate it does feel like one of those games where not only knowing more the second time through will help you but because of the way the story is told 
there may actually be more options later on. I feel like there are is the okay. short answer. Okay. Um, yeah. So I had played this game, um, though it had not been my well, it had been on my list. I'll toss that out there. So this was one of the games on my list of recommendations. Yep. Um, uh, but Burns pulled this in for other reasons. Uh, I had looked back actually. I think I played this in. Um, this was a, a free games with gold in September, October of 2017. So I probably played it not too long after that because um, I remember playing it when, when it was the monthly game with gold. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth pointing out as well as we're recording this. Uh, the record date is the 20th of July. This should be out early in August. Uh, it's currently on uh, Game Pass uh, yep. for PC and Game Pass for Xbox. Of course, then Game Pass Ultimate. So yep, one of those titles. Um, yeah, so I had played it once, um, and yeah, I, th- I remember having those thoughts of like, huh, did I do everything right? I don't know. Um, and then playing it again, I, I definitely, um, there are things in the environment, there's different conversation options, um, and the fact that you kind of know how things went um, and yeah. worked or didn't work, um, I think helps out. Yeah. But I, I, I felt like I had completed the second playthrough um, in a more satisfactory way than the first. I don't know how much I want to be spoilery about any of these sorts of things. Um, I guess I'll let you pick the level of spoilers. So. <laughs> I, I think I'm okay with, you know, w- whatever spoilers here, right? Because ultimately the idea okay, I behind... saved Michael this time. I saved Michael this time. Okay. <laughs> I thought I was going to save Michael based off some bad advice from a future me. But um, it was someone else. So um, you would. So I also say so I watched Burns stream this. So uh, I got to see some of the playthrough, but was trying not to comment while while you were playing. Right. um, Which I I mentioned. Um, You would you'd gotten a read that. So you do at the end of the game sort of get to talk to your prior self. But um, there's always like a name above the, the person during the game when you're talking. And if you read the credits carefully enough. Um, just like Journey, uh, actually, it tells you the people who gave you advice uh, mm-hmm. during whatever playthrough you just went through. Um, and boy, if that isn't an unreliable narrator, I don't know what is. Because <laughs> um, I remember in my first time through uh, getting advice and thinking, oh, the game must be telling me to do that. And I did those things and like things, you know, worked out. But like I didn't, you know, well, save Michael. Um, and this time through, I was like, mm, let me just do the math on this and think it out. And uh, I think I didn't listen to the advice that one of my uh, friends on my friends list had given me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a really weird way to do this like asynchronous multiplayer, right? Because, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and we won't weigh too much on this because like if we do, it'll make it sound like it's much more of the game than it is. It really is just kind of a few different choices at a few key points yeah, in the game. Three points, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's once in the mirror, once in the lake and once uh, maybe one other time. Yeah. Maybe yeah. yeah. And it's it, it, what's what's strange about it to me, at least when I was playing through is that. I picked up on it part of the way through because the first time you see like a future version of yourself, it's a reflection in a pond and you can tell there's like some kind of text above their head, um, but you can't really make it out because of like the ripples in the water. At least I couldn't. 
So I thought, oh, okay, well, that, that's kind of weird. But the second time in the mirror, oh, it's um, the, the second time is the mirror at the army base. The third yeah, time is the, the mirror. Third is in the Adler's, Adler's house. Adler's yeah. house. Yep. And both of the times in the mirror, you can then clearly make out that it is like, uh, you know, you can make out the text. And I had one of them, which it was clearly like an Xbox Live gamer tag. And I'm just like, mm, okay, that's there's some th- that's what's going on here. Someone is giving me advice. I don't think it was anybody on my friends list, though. I think it was. Well, just- so I think the trick was that you were playing on Steam, right? And you might have both more Steam friends and more Steam friends whose names you're not familiar with. No, um, I was I was playing on Game Pass, which means I was playing the Windows Store version of the game. And so it was definitely pulling hmm. from Xbox Live. Um, oh, weird. Okay. Well, then there you go. So it may it may be a system where, where I mean, were you getting advice from people on your friends list that you knew were your friends? Okay, I wonder. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call them out for their bad <laughs> advice, but yes. Paul will now read a list of names of friends who are on the bleep list for their <laughs> bad advice in Oxenfree. I, I wonder if I got random people because nobody on my Windows friends list had done it. Like I, I, I don't know how it how it works, but I didn't recognize the tags that I got. Um, which I think helped actually, because it added a little bit more to the mystery. But what I find interesting with this is that like, there's a period towards the end of the game where the, the narrative is wrapping up and it thrusts you into the position where now you are the opposite side of the mirror, right? Or you're the opposite side of the lake. And so now it's your job to give advice. And I'm like, man, I don't even know what happened. Cause it's before you see any <laughs> of the resolutions. Yep. yep. So, so I just wound up like parroting some of the bad advice that I got because I'm like, I think this works. Um, and so I, I wonder if like the, the only critique that I have about that system is I would have liked to have known a little bit more about how all of my things wound up before saying like, this is definitely the way to go, you know? Um, but it also does kind of fit with the theme of like the game in general, which essentially the characters don't really know what's going on. Right. Well, and let's toss out there that, that, and maybe I think this was more after a second playthrough that I really started to get into this like mindset um, that this is, I mean, there's a time loop going on, but anytime there's a time loop, um, it's hard to get across just how, you know, in depth that might be. Uh, And the, the sort of comparison I would walk away from, after the second time through is much more of like a groundhog day. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, and I think that it also lends itself to, uh, some of the, there are achievements that are like, um, make all your friends mad at you. There's an achievement for that. Yeah. And it's like, if you start to think of it like groundhog day, and if you weren't really thinking of, if you weren't going to guides or anything like that, or, um, if you weren't trying to like metagame it and think, oh, this is what I want to do this time, you could see yourself like, oh, like if you put yourself in the shoes of Alex, you could see yourself like, oh, crap, I'm back on the island. I remember this last time. Like I kept all my friendships intact. Maybe this time I'll just piss everybody off. Um, and, you know, that's a, that's a very Groundhog Day, right? There's plenty of times that Bill Murray, uh, you know, sets the town on fire, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that plays out really well in that whole arc of, you know, play this a bunch of times, do whatever you want. Time's still going to loop in most of those loops. So, yeah, yeah. The, the Groundhog Day comparison, I think is a really strong one because, um, it, it does seem to me, I did a little bit of reading in terms of like 
the ending because I I wanted to know the basic question, which is, you know, again, you're you're playing this game, you you tune in the spirits using your radio, you kind of break the dimensional barriers, and then you get caught in these loops, and then you know that's what the game is about is is this looping, this repetition, um, and it becomes kind of clear towards the end of the game that you're trying to escape that fate, right? That that's also Mm -hmm. what seems to be happening to the ghosts, you know, or this, whoever you're talking to. Um, I wanted to know if it was possible, if it if like at the end of Groundhog's day, if it's better to just become like, if you can just become a better person and then everything works out or, or, Mm -hmm. and, and it does seem like there is a way to do it. Um, but I, I do like that take on it, that the game experience is probably experimentation and then ultimately trying to find your way towards ultimate redemption, right? Because I'm not going to lie in my next playthrough, I'm kind of tempted to just leave, like to trade Clarissa's soul for everybody, right? Like, <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to do that because you were throwing shade at Clarissa for the first like hour of that game. She was mega um, annoying. <laughs> she was really yeah, bothering and, me. And then you made a turn at some point. You're like, wait, maybe we should try to save Clarissa. Yes. But uh, I was wondering at the end if you were just going to be like, oh, so the rest is going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I was really tempted, but you know what it was? It was, uh, and, and I will say this is probably the most shocking moment like in my playthrough and and on the stream. I think this got probably the biggest reaction from me and, and from people watching in the chat, which was just, when when Clarissa is in the window and she just goes yeah, out yeah. and it's like at that point, I can't be mad at her anymore. I've watched her almost die and I'm like, ah, yeah. you know, but I, I will say this, too, that um, one of the best things and I think we've said this multiple times on this podcast, I really, really like a game that just pulls me in enough to make me stop making metagame choices. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And this this game totally did that, because at one point um, <clears throat> when you when you go all the spooky stuff starts happening you get the party split that's the other thing that i got mad at this game about multiple times yeah, you did. is that like yeah we're, well you go this way and we'll go this way like man never split the party come on um we reunited again at the big radio tower and then there's an option where you can basically say like who you want to go with and i instinctively went with jonas and it, it was because I had forged such a relationship with that Jonas character. It didn't even yep, consider, yep. you know, somebody in my chat was like, Wait, well, we don't really know anything about Nona, or maybe we should learn more about Ren. And it only occurred to me at that moment, like, oh, I, my brain didn't even go there. Like normally it would, which would be like, we spent enough time with this party member. We should now spend some time with this party member. But I'm like, nope, Jonas, want to hang with Jonas. Jonas is okay. Like I, I, I trust Jonas, you know? And that's that's really cool. Like that's a sign of a really good interactive narrative, I think. Yeah, I went with Jonas on my first playthrough, definitely. And then um this playthrough I did too. Like it just felt narratively like what um what was going on. Um yeah, and then Ren gets mad at you later. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. like, why did you not pick me? It's like, man, just you know, be cool. Right. I think his problem is he was a little too cool, if you know what I'm saying. Like the whole. Yeah, fair. (laughs) Like maybe, maybe he should not have made sure it was always 420 on the island is all I'm (laughs) saying if he wanted someone to hang out with because uh, those burnouts. I I will say this whole cast of characters uh, also, you know, really enjoyable, really, really well voice acted. And I thought, you know, terrifically well voice acted. Yeah, yeah. It, it really sold. Like, I think everything in the game um, there, I, I would say it's also kind of hard to do this age range of people without being a little cringy. Um, and I feel like they got to the heart of what, you know, 
teenage relationships, at least as I remember them to be, because it's an increasingly longer ago time. Um, but that whole, like, you know, you're on the cusp of adulthood, what other people think of you matters way too much. Um, you know, and I think they nailed all of that in terms of, you know, am I being okay to this person? Does this person like me? You know, these teen characters felt really authentic without being like caricatures or annoying, which I think is another really good, you know, hat tip to the studio for, for these characters. Yeah. I think they also, you know, put it in a somewhat timeless sense by having it on this island um, and removing the capability for things like cell phones and all of that, right? If you're trying to make yep. this eighties, then the characters just wouldn't have them. But if you're trying to make this modern, then, you know, you have to worry about, well, why don't they just like call the police or something? Yeah. Um, what a great lanes to be like, yeah, the islands, you know, there's nobody on it. There's no, like, there's no way to contact anybody that's not on the Island once you're on the Island. So, yep. Which also is a smart bit of writing, not only to, to isolate, you know, the characters and remove some of those modern conveniences, but also as a huge draw for teenagers, right? Like where would you want to go uh, to just hang yeah, out, yeah. you know, for a weekend, right? Well, it's, it's a completely inaccessible Island. Yeah. Um, they even talk about the cover stories that they came up with so that their parents didn't know that they were on this marginally inaccessible Island for, for the that, weekend. That mysterious fairy captain. <laughs> that got called out in uh in my chat while i was playing this uh, yeah. and i was like yeah the, the fairy captain is the key to the whole thing and then i tried to like knock on the door they're like see you can't open the door i'm like i don't think you ever can i think you know it's a cardboard cutout but there's a bunch of fairy captain truthers just hanging out uh <laughs> in the twitch chat yeah um i i also I really, because, you know, again, my background and, and acoustically, I'm kind of a nerd. Uh, the sound design for this game gets a good, uh, a good tip of the cap from me as well. No, I thought you were going to talk about all the radio stuff. I mean, all the um, radio stuff, of course, the, the best way to get into my heart is to have the central game mechanic be tuning a radio. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, once I realized that was it, I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. No wonder. Uh, Paul was okay with me cheating essentially when I it came my turn to pick a game, uh, for me to pick this game. It also, by the way, totally makes sense that there is a reference to this game at my radio station, oh, yeah. Yeah. uh, by a student employee. I, I, I do you remember what it was now or, uh, it's, uh, I'm almost certain it is, uh, it is the phrase that sounds like oxen free and I can't remember what it is. Oh, I thought it was going to be, uh, see a man about a dog. No, it wasn't see a man about a dog. It was, um, saw the man, not the dog. It's something all is free or something. Um, got it. I'm trying to look it up, but like, yeah, I, I, all, all the outs in free, I think, is what it was. Huh. Um, That's not as good as I have to see a man about a dog. You, you should take it up with the mystery note writer who... who well, maybe you should put that on your board. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm certain that student has probably long graduated at this point, but uh, I can still maybe put it up. stuck in a time loop. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to crack this thing wide open. Yes. Um. I like, yeah, I, I don't have too much like negative to say about this game. The only, um, the only thing that I think maybe would have helped this game a little bit. And it's, it's just, it's kind of being a little nitpicky is just, can I guess? Yes. Uh, running, running would have been super great. Yes. That, that 
I got very annoyed very quickly with the speed of the characters. That's probably actually even better than what I was going to say. Um, I was going to say maybe a little bit more time to react to stuff in certain circumstances. Oh, sure. Um, because yeah. I get the interrupt style conversation system and like it works for most of the game, but there were a few times where I just wanted a moment to think it over and it felt appropriate to have a moment to think it over. And it's just like, if you don't react, the game's going to decide for you. And it's yeah, it's just kind, oh, kind of a bummer. So, there is an achievement uh, that you could play the game through without ever saying anything. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't done it, but that's amazing. You know, you so l- there is a fully silent playthrough where every time anybody talks to you, you just say nothing. <laughs> that's the that's the tenth playthrough. Um, you know where? But again, it's the Groundhog Day style, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, well, maybe mm-hmm. this time I'm just not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. See if that solves it, ghosts. Yeah, it's I'm not going to give you the satisfaction that does that does make me wonder in certain circumstances what that makes those interactions play out as. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I bet they become wacky. Yeah, particularly some of those like final showdown type things like. um, Boy, so I think I rushed the final showdown the second time um, because in the first time, I think I tried to, you know, talk to the ghosts longer, whatever. Um, and then I watched your playthrough um, and you talked to them for a while and it didn't really seem to do much. Um, and so I had just been reading some of the the facts and stuff. So I had found all the Adler letters, which apparently opens up a lot more dialogue options because you have like names of people. You could like talk to individual ghosts. And uh, apparently that's like one of the two ways out of the time loop, maybe depending on, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how well I read it. Um, and the ghost tried to like, Talk to me, and I was like, "Shut up, ghost! I know how to radio my way out of this one." <laughs> and I just started tuning the radio. Yeah, and they're like, "No, stop! Talk to us!" And I'm like, oh, "Shut up, ghost!" <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a hundred percent my first playthrough because what what I oh what I also maybe can critique this game about a little bit is um and this is kind of a video game ism in general and a, I mean a lot of games do this other than Oxenfree, but. I think it would have been more effective for Oxenfree to maybe play with this a little bit more. They really emphasize that like time element, right? Like they give you consistent time checks throughout the game. They tell you it is now this time. It is now this time. Yeah. And then at the end of the game, they make you think like you're running out of time, man. You're running out of time. And I really don't think that's the case. No, you, you had misread it. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to like hop and stream and be like, no burns. You have as much time as you need. Okay. Um, yeah, once you like have the option to go to the bunker, um, you could still wander around and like pick up the letters. Yeah, tune in yep. the anomalies and all those sorts of things. Yeah, um, and I think there's maybe one or two letters that you can't really even get until that point. Maybe okay. Um, there's like two late game letters, I think, where you have to have the better radio. You, you have to have some stuff. So yeah, um, and yeah. They do kind of push you forward, though. They do keep putting times on the screen and the ghosts have said, like, hey, morning gets here and we're done. Well, and that's kind Um, of what that's what kind of what I'm getting at is the point that, like, it it would be fair to point out to somebody like, no, that's not the way it works. But I'm advocating if you're going to tell that to the player, that's the way that it should work. Right. Yeah. Uh, And and I'll point out a famous and, and like. It's I, I building guess, suspense, right? It's, it's building suspense. It's building suspense, but I, I think there's also um, 
I'll reference an, a surprising game here for a second, and that is... Uh, Hold on, let me guess. Uh, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back for the SNES. No. It is a science that fiction that game. Been a, okay, that would have been a surprising <laughs> game. I'm going to reference uh, Mass Effect 2. Uh, in okay, the okay, I'm, I'm still on board. Okay, so um, there, I had a conversation with my brother-in-law, actually, about this game when he played it. And there's a there's a period of time in that game where the bad dudes uh, like mess up your ship and they like haul off with some of your they kidnap some of your people. And then like you have you have like this open board of like stuff that you can still go back and do or you can go and try to rescue your people. If you wait too long, it becomes impossible to rescue some people. Really? Uh, okay. It's been a bit since I played Mass Effect 2, but I think I do remember that. And I think I remember like dropping everything and going to get my people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if you if you do the typical RPG thing, which again, this game is seemingly allowing you to do, right? Where it's like the bunker's open. So, you know, go end game the hell out of it. I'm currently yeah. playing Final Fantasy 7 right now and the comet is like going to crash into the planet, but it'll crash whenever you finally go to the crater, you know, kind of thing. Um, my, my brother-in-law was like, well, that's not how video games work. Like they should have told me. I'm like, they did tell you, they did tell you it was urgent and you decided to go do these other things. And he was like, he was upset from the opposite angle that I am yeah, about wow, oxen free. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where he's like, that's not how video games work. And I'm like, but they should. And like, particularly with a game like oxen free, I feel like it would have maybe just been a little bit more, a little bit more of a punch to kind of get through to the end to have a literal ticking clock on screen, because then at least you would know how much time you have to play with. And I think that's why I actually didn't go out and look for more of the Adler letters is because I'm like, I don't know if I'm actually going to get to run out of time and there's going to be like, lol, you yeah. lose. Um, so I, and I think you were playing it more as a story, right? Yeah. Right. Getting collectibles is, you know, <laughs> That's not that's not something that shows up in the novelization, right? Right, right. Um, or it does in the path that you had already taken. So um, I, I get that point. And yeah, I think that it is one of those weird things in games um, where. So I, I do think Oxenfree is set up to be a game where there is no fail state, mm -hmm. right? E even mm -hmm. if you like, even if you make everyone hate you and you leave and erase closer from existence. Like there's still an ending. Mm -hmm. You still get an ending, not a game over screen. Right. Um, and so timing that too hard would be tricky. I, I get what you're coming from. Yeah. But I'm, man, I'm, Mass Effect 2, good game. <laughs> well, and the, there's the pull. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm, I guess uh, what's interesting to me is like, I'm, I'm really thinking more about just loops as a gameplay system recently because... Um, I've gone from, so I played oxen free on stream. Uh, and then the next, now you're playing, um, Majora's mask, right? No, no, I'm <laughs> that'll be next after, uh, after the outer wilds. <laughs> um, and, and what I like about the outer wilds and how it handles the time loop is that it is at least a defined known quantity that you have a certain amount of time. And then it's always going to reset no matter what. And like, like Majora's I, I, mask. Yeah, very much like Majora's Mask. <laughs> exactly. And, and I, I just find that, like, I guess this, the way this time loop happened is more random and a little bit more out of the player control. And I feel like maybe it would have been a little bit more satisfying to, at maybe even towards the end of the game, have a little bit more control over that. Uh, and you never really do. And I get why they made that choice. 
And I also get why they made the choice that it's like they don't really want you to actually fail. Um, you're just here for the story. Um, I, I just still think that like maybe some of the stuff would have been a little bit more effective if I knew more about the ticking clock or and had and some I, and choices think, with it. And I think that's one of those other things that makes a second playthrough um, continue to be satisfying. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And this does actually seem like I think they designed it with that in mind, right? This is one of those rare games that does seem like, um, you know, play it. It's it's very similar, I guess, to the game we talked about before on the podcast to, to Journey, right? That Journey does seem like that type of game as well, where it's like, yes, your first time through is memorable um, and you absorb the story in the world. Your second time through, you're more at a state of like mastery, right? Well, and it's it's a few hours, right? It's not a long game by any stretch, um, but it's a game that isn't really complete until you play it like probably at least two times. Yeah. Um, to get that like feel of that second run through to see the extra sort of stuff that goes on, um, you know, there's there's a lot of like different dialogue and different events that happen and all sorts of stuff like that. So. Yeah, I would um, estimate that in order to get through this game, it took me roughly five hours the first time through. When you yep. played it again, Paul, did it take you about that much or were you able to shave some time off? So I think I probably played in about the same time as my first playthrough. Um, I did some things more efficiently. Um, and I will I will say, I had guessed that you would dislike the, the lack of running, but I th I think that... <laughs> running uh any faster than you did would make it feel less believable right that these are you know kids on an island yeah um i, I thought the the movement pace was fine um but i think while i was efficient in some places i was slowed down by collectibles and others because again i did go through and get all the letters and stuff so yeah yeah which one i would expect and i guess that's maybe my other my other observation too is that if if a game is really meant to be this kind of loop you know replayable style thing i almost think it's just a little bit too long to invite that right like if it were one hour to two hours less if it were like you know if it were closer to an actual full-length film in terms of its duration i feel like it maybe would be more successful in re-inviting me back into that second playthrough because right now i'm just thinking like eh, it's just long enough where i'm like i don't know if i want to go through that again you know right well i've told you that you could do it without ever speaking and i bet that would be a quick playthrough so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that'd be a fun one perhaps yes yeah i might come back to it at some point um but i'm not unlike journey i guess i'm not motivated to like pick it up again right away right uh i'll probably let it sit for a while before i come back to it again um, well, not, not to say I'll that say, I didn't yeah. enjoy it. I'm just saying that like the, the idea of doing it again is kind of daunting maybe. Yeah. And I'll say, I mean, I played it three years ago and coming back to it at this point was very refreshing and, um, felt different. Right. And kind of new again. Yeah. Um, but I would give you that right. Like journey. If, if you were like, Hey, let's go play journey again right now. Um, yes, yes. Right. <laughs> Um, this one, I'd say, well, you know, I just kind of did it unless I was going for one of those achievements. I haven't gotten like, you know, get all, all your friends to hate you or um, don't talk to anybody or um, one or two others. Um, that's what I'd be going for. And not not another playthrough right now. Right. But I could see three years from now being like, oh, yeah, Oxenfree. I'll play that again. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. It's a great game. Yep. 
Yep. And it is, I mean, I realize a lot of the things that I'm asking of the game are maybe a little bit difficult to achieve. I mean, it's, I think I'm only asking this of it because there's greatness within it, right? That, that I think it gets so many things right that I, I, these extra little things I think would have taken it from right now where I would place it, which is just like, that's a pretty good game to, you know, that's a really great game. You have to play it. Like, I don't know if I would say at this point, oxen free oh you've got to play this but i would say if you've got some time and are interested in the subject matter and this style of a story yeah absolutely play it it's it's a good playthrough yeah i mean if you were gonna like read a book for four hours this is a good way to do that with a controller <laughs> this is Boy, what that, we're that felt like a backhanded compliment that, that was meant to be a much more of a compliment than it was <laughs> in my mind that sounded way more complimentary <laughs> Yeah, you know, just spin that in a good way when you hear it. That's all. <laughs> it's like a book, but with achievements. Maybe that's no, that's still backhanded. The, the, yeah, there's very, I get what you're saying, but there's very few ways to get it across without sounding uh, yeah. backhanded. Yeah, got to get those achievements. Yeah, and, and I, I will say too, I think um, buried within repeat plays is probably some of the stuff that we're we're talking about in terms of like learning a little bit more about each different character. I would say that's probably the the biggest red meat for me there, right? It's- you get a lot of fun conversations with ghosts too, because the ghosts obviously know that time is looping. And mm-hmm. in the first playthrough, they're just like, you know, kind of hinting at it. But in the second playthrough, like you have conversations where they're like, look, time's looping. And you're like, yeah, I know, um, essentially. Okay. Um, so you get to be to some degree snarkier with the ghosts, but you also get to, you get more explained to you because they recognize that you understand more of it. You see what's going on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I mean, beyond kind of what we covered, I don't really have too much more to, to say about oxen free. It's sort of, it, it largely is what it is. Um, you know, to, to go into any more of it would be to rob it of its essence, which I think is just the story that you need to experience. Like, um, I feel like it does a pretty good job of, doing what a good story does which is starting you know at the right point and starting in progress there's enough background flavor there to be interesting but it doesn't take center stage you know the the adler subplot is interesting to add some flavor there uh because it gives you some clues to follow along um so i mean you know largely it's a it's a compelling story with with really well flushed out characters um should we should we be uh, some of the people in the window and give snippets of advice that we think would be useful for people in their playthroughs. Oh yeah. That's so my advice was really bad. So maybe we have a chance to write some of the wrongs. Yeah. (laughs) So in order to save Michael, I think you're supposed to tell him to stay, right? Not go. Well, I mean, this isn't, this isn't the conceit of this game, right? You should have just said, tell Michael to stay. Tell Michael to stay. Yes. Yes. Well, we don't know if that's right or wrong, but um, (laughs) I think that's right. What what would you tell people, Paul? Let Jonas talk to his mom. Okay. I forget what the third one is. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. Oh, uh, uh, Michael and Cor- Clarissa. That's right. Because I let Jonas talk to his mom at that point in the story, right? And he got sucked into the whatever dimension. Didn't he? Yeah, it doesn't seem right in the moment, but I'm not <laughs> telling you it is right. I'm just telling you that's my advice. It might not be good. Okay. <laughs> Look, we're the we're the bad voices in the mirror. Um, <laughs> I, I'm so uncomfortable giving like any advice at all that giving what I know to be bad advice. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to retch over here, I think. 
Uh, I don't know. My advice would be don't listen to any of the advice you get and go with your gut. That's that's my advice. Boy, that's bad advice, but yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that there is oxen free. Um, do you have any anything else, Paul, before we uh, wrap and go to segment two where we talk about what's happening next time? No, I, I think the only other thing we could do is compare like what outcomes we got, but I think we, we overlapped quite a bit. Um, I think so. Some of the things we've talked about. So, yep. Yep. But a good game. Definitely recommend. Um, I would say it's on that tier of stuff where if it's in your backlog and you've got five hours, definitely give it a shot um, and see if it's for you. I think you'll get sucked in more than you might imagine. Um, It's not like I wouldn't say atmosphere. Atmospherically, it's really compelling as a um, as a thing that pulls you in. Yes. Quickly, too. Right. It's not like one of these where it's like I give it a few hours. It's like. No, you're you're on a boat and you get pulled in quick, I think. So, yep. I, I will say anecdotally, uh, somebody in, in my Twitch chat, a friend of mine who is going to largely be there to view and just kind of support the stream and was going to do other stuff, uh, said basically that like, oh, I was going to do other stuff. But then you started playing this and now I'm totally engaged. So I uh, and just so just watching it was that compelling. So yeah, I would say playing it definitely that much. So. That's Oxen Free. We're going to take a break. And then when we come right back, we will discuss what game will be in next month's podcast. So you can play along uh, while we're recording. And so then when we're ready to talk about it, you're ready to game on with us. So we'll be right back. This is the Missing Save File. missing save file podcast before we go this month we will uh, remind you of a couple of things one you can find out all about the show at missing tell a friend tell a couple of friends uh, we're also on social media at missing save file on twitter or facebook.com slash missing save file i'm streaming games live uh that we'll be playing uh for this podcast on twitch so twitch.tv slash it's burnsy and what better segue into what we are going to do for the podcast next month. And Paul, it's, it's your pick. It's your, your choice. What are we doing? Yeah. I went back and forth on this a bunch. Uh, we just had a discussion, but um, yeah, I had picked, I had started a, I had a much, much shorter pick, which will come up again at some point. I'll, I'll let that one marinate a bit longer, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but Burns said, Hey, you know, this one's we're recording this one a little early. We'll have a little bit more time. You could toss out a longer game, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, yeah, Burns has never played earthbound. The classic was it? 1996 hit that from 96, maybe 95, 96 feels late for the SNES, but probably, um, we'll look it up. 94, 94. I was going to say, yeah, 96. We're getting well into N64 territory at that point. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm more think. yeah, yeah, good point. Um, 95 North yeah. America. 
June. It was it was released on my birthday in 1995. How about that? Really? Mm hmm. Wow. Yeah. So I would have got it for I think that was a Christmas 95. There you go. For well, me. Probably why you were thinking 96 then. 96. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. So Earthbound, I have never played. And are you on record as saying this is one of your favorite games? I mean, if if you did a um, if you just made a bar chart of number of times I've played games, mm -hmm. um, this would probably be pretty close to the top. Um, you know, I've, we talked about like Journey. I've played a bunch. It's like, well, yeah, it's a five hour game or whatever. And we just talked about Oxenfree that I've played a few times. It's like, yeah, it's a five hour game. Um, yeah, I played this back on the SNES a few times. I played this in college a few more times. Just like, oh, I'll go back and play that. Um, I think I played it most recently, maybe five years ago, maybe. Okay. Um, but I bet I've got a dozen playthroughs on this game. Wow. And Which for like an R RPG, like, and I, I don't tend to replay games that frequently. Um, so. And this is a, I mean, this is an, is this an Enix game or is this a square game? I can't remember. Cause this is before the merger. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm putting you on the spot. Sorry. I didn't mean to, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I wasn't reading the, <laughs> he, he weren't, I remember it being it's with the developers. That's right. Developers, 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 developers. So maybe it's neither. It says developed by Ape Hal, right? Incorporated in and, a Hal um, laboratory. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, it was Chrono Trigger that came out at the same time. That was the Square Enix. Yeah. And they were direct competitors. Uh huh. Well, and we know how history decided that battle, right? Sure did. But um, yeah, I remember for Christmas asking for Chrono Trigger and Earthbound, and I got Earthbound and not Chrono Trigger. Um. And so I played this one a ton of, I, I've only played Chrono Trigger like twice, maybe. And we should also reference that this is going to be one of those games that's a little bit harder to play these days in a modern format um, because it's not on the Switch. I think the the latest release of it was um, the the micro console, right? The, the SNES yes. classic? Yes, I believe it. Yeah, I'm... I'm almost certain it was on that but it had a release on game boy advance um and super nes officially and then the snes classic and it's interesting that it was on the snes classic because um this is technically mother 2 right this is technically a sequel um to a game that we didn't get in the states I think. yes yeah yes so this is mother 2 ported um and then mother 3 never got a port but this one, um, this one is, is, uh, I mean, you're not the only person, uh, that I've heard say that this is, this is really near and dear to their heart. Actually, uh, our friend Jeremiah, who was on our doom, uh, 2016 episode, uh, I believe he's also very, very, very reverential to, uh, towards this game, right? It's, I don't remember him talking about it, but it's a fun, fun, silly RPG. It, um. Uh... It's it's in many ways a send up of American culture in a lot of ways. Um, I can dig it. There's a lot of wordplay. There's a lot of um, parody. Um, a lot of songs ripped off from lots of places, and it, it's very much a send up of RPGs of American culture of of culture in general. Hmm. It's a good game. Interesting. It also but it's also a good RPG. Yeah. Um, well, and it's based, you know, RPG at the time. It's largely, I mean, it has a very, uh, I think a very well-established and very vocal fan base. 
Um, I think there are a few, there have been multiple like reader polls and, and critic polls uh, throughout the years um, where this game shows up really, really high, much more so than would be reflected by its like sales at the time. And I, and I can't remember if there were just a limited number of copies. I want to say that like, you know, this is that weird period of time where the Final Fantasy games that we got were being picked and chosen, right? Because we had the, yep. the famous Final yep. Fantasy 2 was actually 4, 3 was actually 6. 3 was 6, yeah. Um, you know, and so then we didn't get Mother, you know, we got Mother 2 and they had to re they renamed it Earthbound because they were, you know, obviously you don't just release a sequel when you haven't released the first one, but you know, there there was a really interesting view of localization at the time. And probably largely arguably because the internet really wasn't a thing, right? That, that localization mattered a lot more because we were a much less global society. Um, but, but I find this game fascinating and I've always wanted to play it. And, and largely the reason that I never, you know, got around to it is this is right smack dab in that middle time where, you know, I would have been 12 when this game came out. I wasn't allowed to have consoles in my house. And so this really like it also just wasn't one of those games that you heard talked about as like a really, really popular game. Um, so I just kind of missed out on it and really only kind of found out about it, I think, into adulthood, you know, when I was in college and heard people you know, talk about it. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those games that um, like when you meet somebody that's played it, then you bond with them over it um, and they always have strong feelings about it. There's nobody that's like, oh, yeah, I played Earthbound in 1996 for 10 minutes, but didn't like it. Like, <laughs> if you had this cart um, in 95, like, you played it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a good game. Um, you know, Chrono Trigger, which obviously a very, very, um, well, contemporaneous game. Um, I think there's a lot more people that have a lot more, a wider range of feelings about Chrono Trigger. Because um, yeah. a lot more people played it, but. Yeah. Not to say anything bad about Chrono Trigger. Also a very, very good game. But Yep, yep. Well, I'm excited to dive into this one. I will be um, streaming it live. Depending upon when when this podcast comes out, um, I'll either be starting streaming it or, or you know, might have just started. But after you hear this podcast, make sure you check out twitch.tv slash itsburnsy. I will be playing Earthbound um, live on stream. And uh, I'm kind of looking forward to this because this is this is one of the big ones, Paul. This has been it wasn't on my pile of shame, like it wasn't on my list. But this has always been one of those that it just felt like a sacred tome that I somehow missed out on. Right. Like this is almost like the Dead Sea Scrolls of video gaming where it's just like, yeah, oh, there's yeah. there's a lot of treasure here. I just I, I need to know what this is all about. I mean, when people talk about Mr. Saturn, do you just like not know what they're talking about? I just don't what? know what they're talking about. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now I'll know what they're talking about. Um, there's also, I mean, this, this would be fun for a, a stream that you could, uh, lots of listener incentives, uh, to name the characters or name, lots of naming in this game. Oh, right. A lot of, a lot of it comes up right away, but yep. Yep. I would push that you name them canonically Nespola, Jeff and Pooh, but then I would say join, <laughs> join the chat and we'll, we'll see what we wind up with. Cause I, I think that sounds like fun. Yeah. Unless my friend, I mean, if you uh, let the chat decide, you're going to end up with some, some <laughs> Bo Bodie McBoat face and all kinds of, <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're character limited, but man, I'd love to get a Bodie McBoat face in there. <laughs> yeah, we'll okay, I changed my mind. Ness is, is now named Bodie McBoat face. Yeah. <laughs> 
So next time uh, on the podcast, next month on the podcast, we'll be talking about Earthbound. Uh, in the meantime, Earthbound colon the adventures of Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> the adventures of Bodie McBoatface. In the meantime, I'll be streaming that on twitch.tv slash it's Burnsy. And that is going to do it for this episode of the missing save file. Um, you can, all, of course, check us out on social media. As we mentioned before, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Um, we're at facebook.com slash missing save file. We're at missing save file on Twitter. Our website is missing Our theme music was composed by Tombo Fry. He did an excellent job with that. And um, until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And we'll see you at the next save point.